listening to the New Century Multiverse, Panther Soul. Chapter 26 What the Earth Knew Commodore Shrike I awaken feeling strangely peaceful. It lasts about a minute until I remember the theft, the attack, and something huge and monstrous out there. These cursed lands just keep on closing in around me, delivering more primeval foulness each day. I am in my bed, and the ginger knight and the ponytailed doctor have apparently been waiting for me to awaken. Sat outside my room while Albie's search parties comb the nearby jungle. A glance at one's reflection and snarl before stalking out. Do we still have the keystone? No, Commodore. I want to see Flapjaw. Bring me the panther. Ah, he got away. Along with Queensbury. One of the thieving rats. Taken. Dashington quails. It is not only fear of myself that causes him to shudder so. What was that... thing? I had my suspicions while I saw her from my window, and many of the lynxes in the city have whispered her name this morning. Tell me. They think we were visited by the morgue. Imagine I neither know nor care about mythology. A demon of the ancient world. An abiding story says she is the first daughter of one of the elder gods, Sartain, the devourer of children. It was said that- You know what? I don't give two tugs of a dead dog's cock about what these heathens whisper to one another, I snap, and start marching toward the front gates. The pair of blithering idiots follow me nervously. Everything can be killed. And I'm a fair enough tracker to be able to catch up with our escapees on the way to Serabalon. Have fifty follow me in a procession. The rest remain here as our garrison, and have them prepared to receive us victorious within the week. I snap my pads toward the line standing to attention by the guardhouse, and motion behind me. Shouldn't we extract information from the lynxes? Do what you will. I don't trust any of them to give us anything concrete we can go on, and they could instead give us the runaround, but you might find something useful. Have our swiftest messengers relay that to the front of the line. Someone bring me some breakfast to walk with. Beatrix. Colo and I find the river and jog alongside upstream. The pink arrow of light confirms our every step closer. So... Star Dancer, I finally ask him. This has been weighing on me since we lay together. What of them? From your story yesterday, it sounded like you two were very close as Catins during your time in that cult. Court. Cult. And from what I saw. What did you see? You matched one another. What are you asking me? I'm suggesting. If we have the opportunity to drag Leah back from this captor's claws, could we do the same with Stardancer? He stops running. His eyes close, 
and he leans against a twisted, gnarled tree as the deep, grey-blue river gushes past us. In the distance, I can now see the waterfall, our true goal. Seeing Star was a shock, he admits. But considering how much power Morg had over them back when I was part of that family, and adding on all those years in between, it's not that there will be nothing left of them. I still recognize that movement, that heart, and they protected me from their sister who was absolutely going to kill me. He punches his fists against his face and thought, before shouting. Uh, why? Why now? You know what? I, I'm sorry I asked. I'm fucking with your mind when you need to be focused. B, if Morg is looking for the Cloudbreaker too, we're in big trouble. He glances around, holding up a single pad, listening intently. Start on so we can kill. If we have to. He hates himself for just saying these words. But if we meet Morg, don't even try to fight her. You run. You run. Do you hear me? I hear you. We have to keep going. He murmurs, definitely spooked now. She's back inside his head, and I don't know whether I can keep him on track. Leah, I'm in way over my head here. My new mother and star dancer pick through the red northern jungle valley in the heat of the day. Crunchy tells me not to trust the grey one, but he is unsure of the blue. I walk slowly, blaming my little legs, allowing Morg to take the lead far up ahead, which gives Stardancer a good reason to hang back, and so I get the best chance to talk to them. So when did you meet her? I ask, using my not especially practiced grasp of Loresh, the leopard language they seem to favour. She's my mother. Yes, but obviously she didn't give birth to you. Those spots aren't real, you're a tiger. Stardance's eyes flare and their whole body rises up. Don't say that. They cry. It's not even expressed in anger, it's distress. Tigers are the very worst, the filthiest. I have cleansed that for myself. I have lived my life as a divine leopard. Uh, okay, sorry, obviously you're a leopard. A divine leopard. Is that like a... a super leopard? It means... Stardancer begins, and then proceeds to talk non-stop for half a day about everything it means to be a part of this family. They include everything they and Kolo did together, sometimes in a bit too much detail. Crunchy thinks you were picked up as a cub, I eventually say, when they have worn their mouth out. Same as me, same as... Kolo. Firebrand. He likes Kolo. I like him too. Stardancer has become increasingly agitated and now stands still, putting a paw across my path. We must not say these things, they whisper, and cock their head towards Morg. The other cats aren't anything like she's told you, I say without making any noise. Mother is far ahead with her back to us. Even still, she begins to turn and look our way. Uh, 
strange feeling comes over me, and I suspect Stardancer is experiencing it too. It is like all the colour is drained out of the jungle, and the only visible shades are our magenta and blue fur. We can feel ourselves as the world shifts, viewed by Morg. It is not all that bad, I feel seen, but I also feel like prey. We're coming, mother. I call. Hush, she hisses, holding a huge clawed pad to her lips. There are baseborn leopards nearby. They sent us. It is their lands we walk through. The only reason you two are safe is because of who I am. She extends her arm slowly towards me, fixing a piercing, gorgeous expression upon her face. It flickers for just a moment. But I forget what it is. But I forget what it is I saw under there. Come, Come with, with your, your mother. mother. She purrs. I forget what I was saying to Stardance and remember how powerful this matriarch is. How she waded through the lines to snatch me from danger. In a world where they spread out and take whatever they want with their guns and their flags. She is the first force I have met that seems like she could take them on alone and win. I absolutely must help her do this. Of course she makes me nervous. Someone so powerful should make you nervous. All the same, I am thankful for my protecting sibling who hurries up behind me. It is yesterday. I am in a valley that smells like this. I am dancing with my mother. Morg embraces me. I am part of her family. And I will always be cherished. Never alone. Never alone. Kolo Nash. It is today, and we are stuck. As we climb to the top of the waterfall, at the very least, I expect to see a set of doors, an aperture in the rock, some signs of a structure. But it is as though the jungle has swallowed up all traces of Cerebellon. The air is calm and humid. But I can smell secrets. What are we supposed to do? Beatrix yelps. That's it. That's the last symbol I could find. She stalks around the cliffside, searching the ground for any clue. I've got stones! She calls over. Ancient, moss-covered, overgrown, green stones. This isn't a ruin. <laughs> it's the memory of a ruin, Nash. And right now, while we fuck about, the lions could be walking right into the real place it's hidden. I hold up a paw, my eyes narrowing as I glance around, my raptitude peaking. It has to be a different waterfall, further north. We must keep going. It's not a different waterfall. It's here. I heft the Cicerone and look up at the mountains in the distance, perfectly matching those carved onto the plates she's arranged. She stalks over, inspects it, and groans in frustration. Do you know what's not on this, though? I ask. Clear instructions? I close my eyes and smile. 
the temple itself. They don't want us to look for the building, just the waterfall. I glance into the rushing currents beneath us and scan all the way across to an overhang on our right which gives a perfect picturesque view from exactly the angle depicted on the Cicero. Follow me. I pad down to the overhang and stare at the tumbling expanse. Then I crouch and begin to clear aside the moss and leaves clustered at the edge of this eon's old rock. My paws find metal. Beneath us is a corroded but still solid alcove, exactly the size of one hemisphere of the Cicerone. It really is a keystone. I murmur breathlessly, positioning the ball over the deep bowl. Knock, knock, knock. I place it inside, and there is an immediate reaction. The cliff around us quakes and rumbles. Beatrix shrieks and clutches hold of me as I stare open-mouthed in wonder. The most monumental example of ancient engines compels the land itself to unfold and reveal the hidden secrets of the past. From within the river atop the waterfall rises a submerged edifice of green mottled stone, trimmed with faded gold. The face of Samar dominates the impenetrable front section, his enormous twin saber fangs hanging down to border the waterfall. A doorway emerges beneath his roaring mouth, and a bridge of sturdy rock extends, curving around in space towards us. The resting place of the Cloudbreaker stands revealed. Beatrix turns to me, eyes wide. Oh, every cat for miles around will have heard that. And if they're looking for this place, they'll head straight for us. Then let's get ourselves in and out fast. She bends to retrieve the Cicerone, and the moment it leaves its cradle, the rumbling and shaking starts all over again, and the bridge swiftly retracts as the temple above us starts to descend back into the water. Shit! Beatrix yells and puts the key back in. Shit, 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 fuck, fuck, The bridge returns and the temple ascends to its position above us. The gate at the end of the winding rock pathway opens once more and beckons. So, we have to leave this like it is? It would seem that way. And if I wait here on the spot for you, then anyone can find me. It looks like we're stuck with each other. What if we jump on the bridge, take the Cicerone out, and rush across to the doorway before it closes? That will seal us in the temple, underground, maybe even underwater. And the only key to get us out will be inside, with the only keyhole we know of outside. Maybe this is one of the traps. You did say you would be able to navigate them. Did you know the Sumerian word for trap is the same for trial? Well, trap or trial. Can you do it? I eye the distance. I don't think I'm supposed to. It feels like we passed the trial of wits to get here, and permanently sealing yourself inside a tomb is one of the dumbest follow-ups to that. She grits her teeth. I'm not calling you dumb, I'm just illustrating that we have to think like the people who built this thing. 
And if the only way inside requires everyone to be at the peak of physical perfection in terms of agility, that means they're only getting one kind of cat in there. The great tigers brought everyone of every kind together. So, I hold out my paw. Let's go together, lioness. She sighs deeply and we step onto the bridge. been listening to episode 26 of Panther Soul, What the Earth Knew, written, edited, and directed by Alexander Shaw. Commodore Shrike, performed by Sharon Shaw. Sir Dashington, performed by James Batchelor. Dr. Carstairs, performed by Jesse Ferguson. Beatrix, performed by Loretta Saylor. Morg, performed by Maya Suris. Stardancer, performed by Theo Lee. Leah, performed by Willow Shaw. Colo Nash, performed by Alex Shaw. Make Your Decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Panther Soul Theme, Zard, composed and performed by Jason Bradley Livesey of Shockwave Sound. Brandenburg Concerto by Johann Sebastian Bach, arranged and performed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Desert Planet Souk, Swamplandia, Distilled Tropical, Heart Briar, Elven Procession, and The Feywild, all ambients from Tabletop Audio. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon, and our $15 sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you to Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Alejandra Vargas, Alex Brewington, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolf. Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, John Clawson, Joe Gluck, Josh Waster, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Marty Polmeyer, Matthew A. Siebert, Michael Hasco, Robbie Crow, Sarah Montgomery, Tima Hellas Hario, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Skeels Jungius, Tom Painter, Trey Contreras, and Valencia Burns. For the maximum New Century Multiverse experience, you need to be checking out the podcast Through the Wind Door where Greg Downing and Toby Skills Jungius talk us through each story like a book club and go into mind-boggling depth. I don't know about you, but I like having my mind boggled. They're currently up to Steamheart. And if you want to read the entirety of Panthersoul right now, it is available in a gorgeous paperback on Amazon.com. Alternately, you can support this project for $10 on Patreon and get access to all the New Century ebooks and audiobooks, 